You're listening to the Jewish Living Podcast. I'm Rabbi Nachum Mech. Shalom, everyone, and welcome. Hope you're all doing well. Let's continue our Jewish living. We've been talking about the laws of brachas, and just to kind of roadmap where we've been and where we're going. So we've talked about, we've, we did an intro, we talked about the laws of bread, we talked about the laws of misonot, grain products, and I think two times ago when we met, we talked about washing your hands, netilat yadayim, washing our hands for bread and for other foods. We talked about their scenarios where you're supposed to wash for other foods as well. Um, and that's where we're at right now. Where we're going, I'd like to today talk about the brachas that we recite on fruits and vegetables. So we'll cover that today, the brachas of bore priha adama and bore priha eights. Joel's got his handy dandy um, chart over there, the the, pre, the the brachas, the blessings that we recite over fruits and vegetables. We'll cover that today. Moving forward, we'll probably have a class on the bracha of, for, let's say, drinks, the bracha of shahakol, and maybe borei prihagafen, the bracha on wine and grape juice. Following that, we'll get to a really, really important topic, which I would, which I know a lot of people have, you've probably been it's come up in conversation as questions, and that is mixtures. You know, it's one thing if you have bread. It's one thing if you have a grain product. It's one thing you have a fruit. One thing you have a vegetable. What happens when you have a chili with rice and avocados? What bracha do you make on big mixtures? That's a concept called ikr and tuffle, which loosely translates into primary and secondary foods. Welcome. So we'll talk about that probably in another week or two or three. We'll then move on, probably after that, to Birchat Hamazon, benching. Not only do we say brachas before we eat, but also after we eat. So we'll talk about some of the laws governing that uh, as well, and then we'll see what else uh, we'll talk about. So, but for today, we want to talk about the brachas of Bore Prihadama and Bore Priha Eitz. Hadama is blessed are you, Hashem. Uh, king of the world, Bore Priha Adama, who creates the fruit of the ground, vegetables, or blessed you Hashem, King of the Universe, King of the World, um, who uh, who created the fruit of the tree. And the distinction is a fruit and a vegetable. What we're going to try to accomplish tonight and cover tonight is a couple things. Uh, mainly is what's the difference between a fruit and a vegetable? And when is something categorized as a fruit? When is something ha- categorized as a vegetable? Before we do that, I want to just sort of caveat something. It's really not directly connected to this class, but I thought it would be important to talk about. And that is, what bracha do you make on bugs? The answer is you don't. Don't make any bracha on bugs. Bugs are not kosher. Here's the problem with a lot of certain types of fruits and certain types of vegetables. As a general rule, this is how I love teaching this class. This is really a kashrut-related discussion, but I want to flag it now. All essentially, functionally, all bugs are not kosher. Essentially, functionally, all fruits and vegetables are kosher. Again, there are theoretical exceptions, but practically, bugs are not kosher, fruits and vegetables are kosher, 100% of the time, practically. The problem is that sometimes the two crash into one another, and you'll get vegetables or fruits that are infested with bugs. Now, some people, if you're familiar with this, you're like, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know where you're going, Rabbi. If you don't know what I'm talking about. So here's the story. Your fruits and vegetables are infested with little bugs. 
I'm not talking about microscopic bugs that you can't see that are bacterial. I'm talking about bugs that you can see with the human eye. As a matter of fact, the halacha is the law is bugs are not kosher. Now, there are microorganisms everywhere. Famously, the Aruch HaShulchan tells us anything that's not visible to the human eye is not considered a bug. It's not in the prohibition of eating bugs. But if the human eye can see it and their way of measuring it and this and that, then it's a problem. The challenge is, is often in certain fruits and vegetables, ignorance is bliss. The average consumer doesn't realize how disgusting your fruits and vegetables are. If you if, if you know what I'm talking about, if you've ever worked, anyone ever work in a commercial kitchen or cutting salads, you will know certain fruits and vegetables are really, really, really infested with bugs. What do you do? The answer is you've got to really rinse them really well. Some fruits and vegetables, practically speaking, I just don't need them. They're so infested and so difficult to remove. Most kosher agencies will say better off not, not eating them. Okay. Um, such as I think they say like Brussels sprouts, sprouts are really, really hard. Broccoli is doable. First of all, you can buy Bodec. There are brands of frozen broccoli that you can do. Um, they, they, they've cleaned them and rinsed them really well. You can check broccoli if you really, really know what you're doing. Okay. But what you really need to know what to do is like say all leafy greens, romaine lettuce, Romaine lettuce, if you've ever rinsed it really well, do yourself a favor. If you're not, you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, take romaine lettuce, uh, put it in a bowl of soapy water. Just let it sit, see what happens. And you'll see a whole zoo appear in the top of your, it's, it could be pretty nauseating if you, if you really stop and think about it. it. You don't want to think about it. And most people, you don't think about it because even though they are visible, they're totally visible to the human. I, but sometimes you're talking about like flies, like real mamma jamma big flies. Usually we're talking about things that are much small, not much smaller, but smaller than a, a proper fly. We're talking about, they call them thrips and other types of things. And you just, if you, what's that? Aphids, you'll see them, they blend in, they hide really well, they're camouflaged. But if you could get them off, you'll see, nope, yep, that's a bug. So how you, what you do, you need to soap some fruits and vegetables, need to be clean, need to be checked. Um, there are ways of doing it, not for today's class. But I did want to call it to everyone's attention, if we're talking about fruits and vegetables, I'm working under the assumption, what you know, we're going to be talking about what bracha do I recite on a fruit and vegetable. I'm working beyond the fact that I've got rid of all the bugs and we've taken care of it. Okay? Does that make sense? If a fruit falls to the ground at that point, Stay away from it. Not true. It's not. Not true. You can eat. I mean, I'm not talking about germs and three second rules, but but it's it's to you absolutely it's kashras has not been impacted by the fact that it fell on the floor. You can still eat it. I mean, uh, rinse it off. No problem. No problem. By the way, just historically, this is the sense that I get is the whole bug issue in fruits and vegetables is somewhat somewhat of a newer issue in the sense that. In the, up until like the mid to late 80s, um, at least most produce grown in the United States of America, we used to pump them with us, uh, insecticides. So the bug issue wasn't as pervasive um, as it used to be because we, but then I guess in the late 80s, um, various agencies realized that some of the stuff is really not so healthy. So we've actually scaled back a lot on the pesticides that are applied to a lot of our fruits and veggies. And that's why it's, 
kind of a, a bigger problem than it used to be in, let's say, the 70s and 80s is what we have today is they're not as aggressive, which I guess is a good thing. On the one hand, you're not eating all that garbage. But on the other hand, we do have a little bit more of a, but for more information, you know, there are resources, um, you know, where to find all this stuff out. That's sort of item, uh, not directly related to tonight, but I think it's important to talk about. Another really important thing we're going to talk about, we're going to spend some time drawing the distinction between fruits and vegetables, bore priya dama, bore priya aids. We're going to go through an outline. We'll talk about a, a list of what, what is, what's here, what's there, what's the other place. I always recommend, I'm going to give you, I really shouldn't give away the, tra uh, the tricks of the trade, but I will anyway. If you're a rabbi, you get th these types of questions all the time. What bracha do you make on this? What bracha do you make on that? Because you're going to see where there are going to be certain rules. A, there are a lot of exceptions. And B, like, I don't know a lot of this stuff. Like, I don't, first of all, I don't eat certain things are not my taste. Or like, I just, I don't know. So the good news is there are, there's an app for that. I I really recommend, I've always felt what, you know, the CRC Kosher app is really, really, really good. Um, if you go into your, wherever you get your apps, the CRC Kosher app, um, they have a list of, it'll help you with, if people want to know, Rabbi, is this Kosher agency good? So I'm like, I get the call all the time. Rabbi, what about the Vadharabadim of South Dakota? Is that kosher? Can we, is that reliable? I'm like, so what do I do? I whip out my CRC kosher app and I look it up and I'm like, oh yes, of course it is. Uh, I know the rabbi there. He's my best friend. Like, I have no idea. I just, I check on the, uh, I check on the app. It'll tell you reliable agencies, number one. Number two, rabbi does raw, I don't know, peppermint need kosher supervision. There are certain, a lot of food items that don't need kosher supervision. I don't, I don't know the stuff by heart. So they'll tell you on their product list. Um, this is the universally accepted in the world of, of commercial kashras. You pull it up and you type it in and they'll tell you all you need to know. So that's another really helpful benefit. And number three, they have under the product list, they have a sub thing called brachas. So if you want to know what bracha do you make on apple beet salad, you click on that, recite the bracha of eights before eating, assuming it is mostly apples and barring and fashos after eating. And I'll tell you, you know, the answer to many of your questions. It's really helpful. Joel's got it. So it's a really, really helpful app. It's really, really good. I, I cannot recommend it more. It's it's bubblegum. Bubble there you go. So it's got all the stuff. So we'll go through a lot of these things. So if you want to just say, okay, Rabbi, thank you. I'll see you in three weeks. You know, we don't need, <laughs> you don't need tonight's class. I'm just going to check it out here. I'm fine with that. What we're going to do tonight is just to understand why a lot of these things are true. But practically, if you've got questions, see back in my day before apps, you used to have to go to the back of this book and look it up in an index. Toasted bagel thins, Mizonos, Alamechia, and a little, you know, you have to actually look it up in a book, in a, in a bracha index. So that's how we used to do it back in the good old days. But thank God for technology. You have it at the palm of your hand. And I really do recommend it. Um, it is good to have it in the book in case on Shabbos, you don't have your app. So yeah, that's how I, I deal with it. Okay, let's talk about what is the halachic difference between a fruit and a vegetable. And I want to stress something that's really important. There isn't an objective answer to what, if I were to ask you, hey, what's the difference between a fruit and a vegetable? Recognize there's no objective answer to that. There isn't like, 
uh, uh, maybe a bunch of scientists get, got into a room and we'll decide this is what we're going to call a fruit and this is what we're going to call a vegetable. It's a taxonomical standard that has been agreed upon. It's not like fundamentally, like there is a fruit and there's a vegetable and I'm right and you're wrong. It's a matter of where you want to draw a line. So whose line do we draw? So Chazal, our sages, they have their criteria for what's a fruit and what's a vegetable. And I just like to highlight that. It's not like, don't get too caught up in what you were taught in your 11th grade, you know, science class of, you know, what's a fruit and what's a vegetable. It's not necessarily the same. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So what is a fruit? Um, the, the really, I guess the starting point is if it, if it grows, it's, it's, you're at least going to be ha'adama, bore priadama. Blessed are you a God, the king, the king of the universe, who created the fruit of the ground. Anything that grows, its starting point is it's going to be a vegetable. The question is, ha'etz is a higher order. It's not just, doesn't just, bore priadama means it grew from the ground. Bore priadama means it grew, it's the fruit of a tree. So that's sort of the best way to look at it. If it grows, the starting point is it's a hadama, it's a vegetable. If you can get it into the higher order by meeting three criteria, which we'll see in a second. So as a general rule, you will now then be an ace. Does that make sense? You start off, if you grow, if you grow from the ground, you're hadama. But if you follow the following three things, you're a bare priya ace. Number one, it's the fruit, as opposed to eating bark, for example. Another good example would be hearts of palm. It's not really the fruit. That's essentially the bark. It might be a tree. You never see the hearts of palm? You ever see those guys? Oh, they're so good. They were so big in the 90s. They're not so popular anymore. I remember that in like the late 90s, everyone crazy over hearts of palm. But that's really the heart. It's like, the, I, from what I understand, it's like part of a tree. Inside. The inside of a tree. So it is a tree, but it's not the fruit. So it has to be the fruit of a tree. A tree is defined as growing off the ground. So it has to be, typically, it has to be considered halakhically above the ground. Usually, say, if it's within three tfachim, roughly nine inches. If the fruit grows within nine inches of the ground, it's typically not considered a fruit. It's considered growing on a ground. It's not considered, I should say, it's not considered a tree. It's considered a, not tree, a vegetable. And number three it has to be that the tree itself, the actual tree, is a, it's a perennial. It actually survives. The entire tree survives year to year. It's not just like, think about it. Most vegetables, many vegetables, you plant it every year. A defining feature of a tree is you plant it once and it lasts until, you know, something happens to it. But it's right. That's called a perennial. Is that a, that's what a, peren a perennial Okay, let's break that down into smaller chunks and we'll start knocking things off. Uh, knock things off. Again, it has to be the fruit. Um, we're talking about hearts of palms, not, not going to be considered a fruit. The leaves, leaves. So like, I know great, great leaves, people eat the grape leaves. You actually want to eat the leaf. It's going to be probably a hadama, might even be a shahakal, but that's not considered a fruit. Okay. Uh, so we'll get to a banana in a second. Okay, so that's criteria number one. It has to be the fruit part. If you're eating some other part of the, even if it's a tree, it's not going to be a hot eights. It's not considered a fruit. So, the cinnamon part? 
cinnamon bark. Like the You've where would you ever eat that plain? Yeah, you do. But that's what a cinnamon stick is. They take the bark, they like shape cinnamon off roll. Them, no, they have a cinnamon roll. Uh, you wouldn't you see each their own, but because it's probably it comes into that whole thing about it added to and mm. it's not the major part of it. Yeah. yeah. It's typically gonna be, yeah, it's typically gonna be a second bit. If person wanted to eat cinnamon, I don't know what cinnamon is, but I assume it's not the fruit of a tree. They don't have it in here. You yeah, stumped the CRC app. What can I tell you? Um, I've never, I don't know. I'm assuming it's not the fruit of a tree. So I assume it's, it's probably a shahako. I'm going to, I'll tell you, but I'll tell you why in a second, but it's, I can't imagine it's considered a fruit. So again, it has to be the fruit to the exclusion of a couple of things. Number two, the, the, the fruit itself has to grow above the ground. Meaning if it's within nine inches of the ground, it's, it's still going to be a hadama. What are good classic examples of that? According to most, strawberries. Strawberries grow on very low shrubs and will therefore be considered a bori prihadama, as well as peanuts, I believe. I think they grow, I have no idea, but peanuts are, I think, it's like a bush. It's like, so it's a bush that grows low onto the ground. According to most, not all, but according to most, it's one of those things that's that's a machlokas. So some ber berries, it depends. Most blueberries grow on tall trees. They say wild blueberries, you should make adama, but regular commercial blueberries are very preyates. What do I know? I don't I don't grow this stuff. You could this is where you have to check here. CRC app, what do you tell me? That's what that's how most what most will will uh Wait, if I take a blueberry and eat it. So like the bracha of no, it's it's usually it's wild. Even if you get it from, I think I don't know what wild blueberries are. But that's those are the words I always remember being taught. But uh, you have to really check. I don't know cranberries. I think they say are 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 uh, dumb, but I think it's a matter of machlokas. I think it's a matter of dispute. People want to know why. What's the rabbi? What's a bracha on cranberry? I, I don't know. It's going to depend on how who you ask. I've always just taught cranberries are hadama. Plenty of people make eights on them. Go figure. It's going to be a matter of dispute. So how tall the berry grows, you know, the typical bush. Is it a big bush? Don't cranberries grow in trees? So it's a dog. Like a it's like, it's yeah. almost dog? Like a I don't know. Yeah. It grows on the ground, but they fill it up with water. So it up. See what the Rabbi Bonner says. So because right, they grow in... Let's see what they say. He says... Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I thought he said cram. I'm almost pretty sure it's not in here, but I'm pretty sure that they say, let's see, what did the CRC app say? Check it out, check it out. Let's, no, I'm sure I get to it. Cranberries, Hadama. I'm not sure everyone agrees with that. Adama, dried cranberries, again, Adama. So that's that. And then the third criteria is it has to be perennial. It has to grow from year to year. Famously, what's excluded by that? Bananas. Bananas, the banana tree, although it remains year to year, the actual, what happens is it's actually dead. What happens is every year, a new root, a new shoot goes up the tree and the banana banana grows from that but the actual thing that you see that tree is not really a tree it's dead the 
everything that's alive dies every year and regrows. So bananas famously are ha'adam. Okay, everyone with me? Does that make sense? That's a classic one. What are some of the other exceptions? I would really grab yourself an app, grab yourself a reliable book. A lot of it, you're just going to have to, it's it's going to be memorization. It just, it is what it is. Like, I don't know about you. Like, I don't particularly know, you know, what gooseberries, how they grow. So if I ever needed a gooseberry, you know, I'll have to look it up. So that's the story. Good difference between an app, between a fruit and a vegetable. Um, let's see what's next. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank you. The question is, what's the story with mushrooms? So mushrooms halachically, and I think even botanically, I don't know if that's the right word, don't really grow from the ground. Because they don't grow from the ground, the bracha on mushrooms is shahakol. Many, certain sprouts, I think, are like that. I think most sprouts grow from the ground, but there are some sprouts, I think, grow like not in the ground. It grows on the ground, but doesn't grow in the ground. Halachically. So mushrooms are considered are very important. Mushrooms are shahakal. It should be noted, to your point, that oftentimes, just keep this in mind, oftentimes mushrooms are eaten as a secondary food. Again, we're going to talk about that in a later time. How often, sometimes you get a big, and also just check some mushrooms, got to be checked really for bugs. So a lot of times the big portabellas, you got to check the underneath side, but you can, you got to check the underneath. So if you have, sometimes people, I, I haven't, I think I've had it once or twice, you have those big, big boy mushrooms, you'll actually eat the mushroom. So then it would be a primary food, but oftentimes it's going to be subordinate to something else and you're not going to be making the bracha on it anyway. So keep that in mind for a couple of weeks from now when we talk about those rules. But technically, yes, a mushroom is not a, um, mushrooms are not vegetables. Does that make sense? A question I wanna deal with, which is, so that's the difference between fruits and vegetables. That's really it. And the answer is, check it out on your app, check it out in a book. There are differences. There's a halachic difference. It's gotta be, again, it's gotta be a perennial. It's gotta grow above the ground. And you gotta be eating the fruit. Then it's a bari for eight, it's considered a fruit. If it's not that, and it grows in the ground, so then it's a bari priha adama. Okay. There is a bunch of exceptions. Well, I mean, one that notable one that I think of that comes to mind right away is rice. Rice sort, sort of kind of falls in between today's class and last time we met, the previous class. What is rice? The Talmud itself actually calls it a tweener of itself. It's a little bit in between. It's not one of the five big boy grains which we've talked about, we've identified wheat, barley, spelt rye, excuse me, and oats. However, it's not just a simple vegetable. So the halacha is rice is sort of in between. It has so, many of the properties of a grain, but many of the properties of a vegetable. It's an in-between. In terms of the bracha that you recite on rice, the answer is going to be, it is a bore mine mizono. We make, the tradition is on rice, we make the bracha of bore mine mizonos, we treat it as a grain. However, there is none of those stuff about like turning it into pasa baba kisnin. Remember the kisnin bread, if you, if you turn rice into bread, it will never be bread. It's a vegetable in regards to everything except the bracha that you make on it. 
So for any other halachic element, it's going to be a vegetable. Some other examples are going to be when we're getting, we're, again, this is for down the road. When we get to that discussion of primary and subordinate foods, usually we're going to see that if something is a mizono, so if something is of the five grains, it's got a very high order. Rice, although it's a mizonos, is not a grain, number one. Number two, confusingly, again, jumping the gun a little bit, usually we say the bracha achrona, the after bracha that you recite on a grain is the bracha of al That's not the case for rice. Rice is treated like a vegetable for its after bracha. So it's, it's a weird kind of strange hybrid. It is halachically, it's a vegetable in regard to basically everything except for the bracha that you make on it. Did that make any sense at all? It's a little confusing, but that's the story with rice. Okay. What about, okay, terrific. What happens when you start chopping, grounding, pureeing, and mashing fruits and vegetables? What happens to them? If you stop and think about it, if you take, there's one, I guess, thing that grows in the ground that you mash it, add water to it, and stick it in the fire, and actually makes, right, that's bread. But in regard to virtual, or flour, flour and, 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 and grain products, in regard to fruits and vegetables, it actually goes the other way. The more you pulverize it, at a certain point, it's going to lose its status as being a fruit or a vegetable, if you destroy, if you really smush it in such a way that it's number one, it's not complete, and number two, it's not recognizable. Okay, those two things we're going to break those down. It's not complete, nor is it recognizable. So then it gets downgraded to being a shahakol. Let's talk about that for something for a second. What's that? Okay, kind of like apple juice. I'm actually going to hold off on juices. That's going to be for probably next week. But I got a different one. What about applesauce? Apple juice is a little bit different because there you're not even really eating the apple. You're squishing the juice out of the apple. So that might be a little bit different. It actually is, yeah, put a hold. But let's say I mash an apple. What if I mash a potato? So you have to follow these two criteria. Number one, it can't be whole. Meaning even if it's not recognizable, but it's whole, it doesn't lose its bracha. What would be an example of that? Probably one thing that I can think of. Popcorn. Popcorn. It's not recognizable that it's corn, but it's complete. It's the whole corn is still there. So popcorn is still a hadama. Did that make sense? Did that make sense? So let's say it's not recognizable and it's not complete. So for example, you take apples, you take apples and you puree it into such a fine paste that you cannot recognize that it's apples anymore. So then the halacha will be, the law is that the applesauce will now be shahako. If you can recognize the apples, it's still going to be a bari prihaes. Rabbi, what's the difference? Or we understand the difference. How do you draw the line? The answer is going to be, it's kind of case by case. 
you're going to have to really depend if you really pureed apples into like, it's like a liquid, like totally pureed and you can't recognize that it's an apple anymore. It gets downgraded to a shahakal. If it's still chunky enough that you could still sort of kind of tell that it's an apple, it's still a barbarian. I'm seeing a lot of, am I seeing blank faces or am I, does that make sense? I'll give you another good example where this comes up. A lot of times we'll take certain types of vegetables like corn and we'll grind it and or mill it into almost like a, I don't know what the right word is, um, a meal, like a vegetable flour, and then we'll bake it or fry it. We'll call them corn chips. If you really think about a corn chip, it's ground corn cornmeal that's baked. You can't really tell that it's corn anymore, nor is it a complete corn. So you want the halacha on tortilla chips, corn chips, shahakal. Yep. What about potato chips? Almost all poskim, almost all halachic rulers will tell you there's a fundamental difference between a potato chip and a corn chip. Corn chip is made out of cornmeal. It's ground up corn. Potato, it's just a sliced potato that's fried. Potato chips are ha'adama. Okay? Corn chips, shahako. Potato chips, ha'adama. You ready for the best halacha you ever heard in your life? Let's just start with Pringles. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think about it. Let's go through it. What are Pringles? Yeah. It, yeah, it's, well, it's a food. You have to make a brach on it. Synthetic food needs a bracha. But is there, are there any potatoes in it? So how do they make Pringles? So here's how they make Pringles. You take potatoes and you grind it the same way you would do with flour. With, with, uh, with uh, corn. It's totally unrecognizable. It's a potato meal. The problem is the difference between, between Pringles and corn chips is that when they make corn chips, the final product, it's a, a triangle, if it's a thing, or a square. There's nothing that says corn about that. With Pringles, they deconstruct it by turning it into like a, a flat, like into a meal, but then they reform it, that it kind of looks like a slice of potato. I mean, a very perfectly cut potato, but it looks like a potato chip. Most posts can tell you, you know what bracha you make on a potato chip, on a Pringle? It goes back to being a hadama. Isn't that amazing? Wait, Pringles are kosher. Pringles will be according to most. I How about this? I make a hadama on Pringles. I think there are those who argue, but because again, let's do that. It got ground, but then got reconstituted, got reformed, that it kind of looks like a potato chip. It is potatoes. It's made out of potatoes. That's the key. So then the answer is, is again, that's kind, that's kind of what, what a Pringle is. It's a corn, it's a potato starch, potato that looks like a potato. It's kind of an exception. The, the Pringles are an exception to an exception. But as a general rule, Debbie, to your point, most, almost all the time, something that gets ground into a starch, into a meal, something like that, it's going to lose. It's going to no longer be considered a fruit nor a vegetable. And it's a shahakol. It gets downgraded. Okay. But I want to 
just jump on. I said, it has to be that it's not recognizable. Recognizable means one of, can mean a couple of things. Number one, to the eyes, but it could also be recognizable in a texture from its texture. Most postkin will therefore tell you, what about, what's the story with mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes doesn't look like eyeball, doesn't look like a potato, but its texture is very distinct. If you've ever boiled a potato, you know it's a mashed potato. Mashed potatoes are hadam because although it's visually not recognizable what it used to be, its texture screams, I'm a potato. Did that make sense? Mashed potatoes will be potatoes. Question is, what's the story of mashed bananas? Could be it's the same thing. What's the story with instant potatoes? Some people will draw the line between like real you know, mashed potatoes versus instant. Instant, it's all sorts of garbage or who knows what's in there. So they might draw the line and say, no, that's a shahakal. That, that's what I was always taught. I'm not saying everyone agrees with that. If you're asking me, I would say that's where you draw the line. Instant mashed potato. What is the CRC app? Let's see. Let's see what they say. I'll bet you they, they, they go with that. Mashed potatoes. They just say hadama. They don't say instant. Let's see what they say about mashed Mash bananas, they say hadama, mash fruit. Okay, they have a whole long thing. So that's the whole, that's the basic story. So it is going to be case by case, a little bit. If you have a, some fruit or vegetable that you puree, that you mash, that you whatever. Another example, jelly. Typically, again, it's not a relevant question. Almost all the time when you eat jelly, what are you doing? You're putting it on top of something else. And that something else will almost, Basically, a hundred times out of a hundred will be the will be the primary bracha. So you're never going to make a bracha again. That's for two weeks down the road. But in theory, if you want to just stick a spoon into jelly and just eat it, so a that's disgusting. But b if you wanted to do that, if you want, I used to do that. Anyone ever do that with peanut butter? What's a bracha? That's, I'm pretty sure we say it's a shahako. Also, although it wouldn't shock me if someone says uh, dama. What about chunky? So chunky, I think. Let's see what they see. Peanut butter. Recite the bracha shahaka before eating. This food. Yeah, I would bet you chunky. You see the peanuts in there. But the creamy peanut butter, you can't, I mean, maybe it's texture. I don't know. They say shahako. But jelly would be the same thing. If it's one of those thick preserves, so maybe it would be a ha'etz. You could tell there's a strawberry. But if it's like really a creamy jelly, it's back to being a, it's, it's been reduced to shahako. I think because it's cooked with sugar, it may affect its ability to be. So really, it'll really depend on, how, I guess, on, I guess on how it's made. I think if it's like, but again, this, it, it practically, it's not really coming up. When was the last time you ate jelly straight? Joel's got a guilty face. I may have done that last night. <laughs> but uh, but that's the story with that. Another really important halacha, it's not really so important, but it is worth highlighting. What's the story with cooking? You know, Tal brought up cooking. Cooking vegetables versus raw vegetables. So the answer is actually very interesting. Cooking versus raw really doesn't make a difference. The Actually, the starting point for whether something for its bracha is how is it normally eaten? If it's, or how, how is it typically eaten in that society? 
So if in a particular society, I don't know, they only eat a particular food raw. I don't know, what's the type of fruit or vegetable only eaten raw? Oranges. No one cooks orange, let's say, in this, in this country. So if you eat a raw orange, it's a fruit. If you were to cook it, it actually then gets downgraded because you're not eating it in the normal way of how that society eats it. If you eat it in a bizarre kind of way in regards to cooking versus raw, so if you do the weird thing, it gets downgraded. Typically, this doesn't come up because there's a reason that it's weird because it's not how we typically eat it. So you're not going to really be, be bumping into this very often, but it is worth pointing out. You cook an orange. I don't think anyone cooks oranges. Anyone cook orange? People grill fruit and eat them romantically. I once saw a chef grill. Like, uh, so yes, I don't know. Like if you're a fancy, you're a fancy chef. Well, I, I've, I've put, I don't know. Cabbage, same thing. Cabbage is, okay. There are many fruits and vegetables that you do either way. Apple. People have baked apples. People eat raw apples. I'll give you a different example though, which is interesting. If there's a type of fruit or vegetable that's only eaten cooked and no one eats raw, if you eat it raw, it's actually not a fruit or vegetable. It's actually a shahaka. It gets downgraded. Classic example, potato. When was the last time you ate a raw potato? You've never eaten a raw potato. It's not, what's that? He was really hungry, right? You don't. Again, we're not saying that whether you can or can't, if it's common in, in a particular society. So I don't know. I Again, if you're in a particular ethnic group and they love eating raw, by the way, an, an example might be also onions. In a salad, it's one thing because that's normal. But when was the last time you took an onion and took a bite out of it? You've never done that. If you were to do that, you would make a shahako on it. It's not, it gets downgraded. Okay? So it depends on how it's normally eaten in that given area. Okay? Thoughts, questions? Where what's that? A lot of different things. A lot of this is why for today's class in particular, getting an app is going to be really helpful because it's good to know why you're making what bracha you're making. But a lot of times you're going to get confused. I don't know what bracha do you make on okra? I don't know. I don't even know what okra is. So good. Oh gosh, I'm feeling bad. What is it? Well, it's it's a vegetable. Bamia. It's uh, you know, like it's, Okay, so I'm gonna have to go check that out. So apparently that one is that's a hot dama. All right. So that's the story. That's why again you're gonna have to go check these things out, get a book like this, get yourself an app, it'll really solve you um you know, a bunch of it, it'll it'll solve a lot of your problems. Where this also comes up, uh, a practical thing is a lot of cereals, like breakfast cereals. Um, again, use your app. But the basic rule of thumb is going to be, it depends, the different breakfast cereals are made in a variety of different ways. We're not going to really have time to go through this, but just standing on one leg. If it's made out of any wheat, barley, rye, spelt, or oats, it's a Mizonos, right off the bat. Cheerios, Mizonos. If it's made with a cornmeal, if it's a ground corn checks, so it's going to be a shahako. If it's made with rice, it's going to depend kind of. Typically, if it's the way Rice Krispies are made, or it's 
exploded rice of some sort, we make a Mizono Sun Rice Krispies. I should point out, not to get too confusing, rice that's not cooked is not a Mizonos. Example of that will typically, according to most, rice cakes. The rice is not cooked, they're puffed. What's the difference? I don't know, I'm gonna have to ask my friends in food, food service, but they're not cooked. They're puffed. It's a at least halachically, that's not considered according to it's not in halacha, according to almost all postkin, rice cakes are going to be a hadama because it's not rice cakes are hadama. If you make a mazonas on it, it's fine. You have who to whom to rely on. But that's typically how it's understood. Other veg, other cereals, those are gonna be your key. So oh, corn uh, um corn flakes are actually corn that's like like squished. Corn flakes will be a hadama because it's not ground. It's just squished. You can squish it. It's still a hadama. What about other breakfast cereals? CRC app. And that's going to, those are, there are a couple other exceptions to how they make cereal. But again, if it's grain of the wheat, barley, spelt, rye, or oats, Mizonos. If it's Puffed rice, if it's uh, exploded rice, like Rice Krispies, Mizonos. If it's made out of some kind of corn meal, think corn tracks, I think kicks, I believe. No, kicks, I believe, are, yeah, right. So then it's a shahako. Yeah, kicks, I believe, is, is made out of, uh, I, I you just, you could check the box or check an app. It's going to be a shahako. If it's like a corn that's squished, then cornflakes, hada. Okay, thoughts, questions before we call it a day? Doesn't affect it, provided that you can still tell what it is, which almost, I've never seen a dried fruit that I couldn't tell what it is. Um, yeah, it's... it's okay, uh, what about fruit leather? Okay, fruit leather, let's see what they say. So a lot of times they're processed, like fruit roll-ups processed, it's a shahako. Um, let's see, what do they say about... Fruit leather, fruit leather. They say shahako. Yeah. It's almost all fruit leather. Right. I'll tell you how they make, I, from what I understand, the way they make fruit leather, it's not dried fruit. It's actually, I actually made fruit leather. It's you puree it and then you dehydrate it. Yeah. So it's pureed. So it's going to be a shahako. Dried fruit will still be, again, depending on what it is, a eights or a adama, depending on where it came from. So tomato, tomato sauce, now shahako? Tomato, exactly. Tomato sauce is going to be a shahako. Okay. But you're never going to eat tomato sauce. But so, if it, so if it's pureed? If it, law again, provided that it's not whole and you can't, it's not recognizable, that like you can't tell there aren't pieces in there, it's going to be, it's going to lose its bracha. It's, I mean, it's going to lose it's that it's going to be downgraded to being a shahako. So what difference is that in really, really creamy mashed potatoes? So we said the difference is, you know, maybe you start to have mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes, its texture is so unique. Mashed potatoes, of that's how you make potatoes. You mash them. It's a, that, I, that's how halakh, halakh, it's not a huge difference, but typically it's under, most people will tell you, mashed potatoes, not so much to the eyes, but to the everything. That is what a potato is. A cooked potato gets mashed. It's a much more recognizable texture. So the, te and bananas as well. So it, it'll stay as a hadama. Another question? Just like the discussion, but on the time that I'm realizing, like when I go to cooking session, 
I'm tasting little tiny things. Okay, what do you do when you're cooking and you taste? So you may, all, all you need, okay, according to some, if you're just really, to, it's, it's maybe for a different discussion, but simply put, you make one bracha, a shahakal, a ha'etz, and that's it. And it'll cover your whole co cooking session. Oh, that's going to be another thing we'll talk about is shinoi makam, is how long does a bracha last for? We'll probably do that in three or four weeks. Uh, but typically say, so you're in the kitchen, you make a bracha once, and that'll last you the whole time you're in the kitchen. That is a whole separate topic for a different time, but we are actually absolutely going to cover that, is how long does a bracha stick for? And, you know, at what point do we, do we say a bracha has ended? Do you, every time I need to make a, every time I take a drink of my apple juice, I need to make a new bracha? The answer is no. At what point, so does I make one bracha the whole day and last me the whole day? Probably not either. We'll talk about that as well. Okay? What's that? We brought it up? Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll cover it in, I guess, a little bit more detail. All right, we've gone over. Thank you all for coming. You've been listening to the Jewish Living Podcast with Rabbi Nahal Math. Please do us a favor and like and share this podcast, ask a question, or leave a comment.